those of you who've just joined us, which is anybody who's joined us, <laughs> you've just missed out. We just saved you the luxury of 22 minutes of reminiscence about Western Springs, LaGrange Park, and LaGrange. You're listening to Lost and Found and Rewound. Fast forward episode. <laughs> oh, now I got to get this Uh-oh. right. I got to get this right because, and I'll tell you why in a second. Oh, uh, shit. What episode is it? I already it's, got oh, yeah. really confused. It's 1.2.5. Yeah. So yesterday I was doing research and I was like, okay, I got to listen to the next episode. And then I listened to the third episode. But we're not we're not talking about the third episode. We're going to talk about what's going to be on the third episode, but we're right. reacting to listening to the second episode again. So it's all mixed up in my mind. And then I listened to the second episode. So now I'm super confused. My brother-in-law heard me say that the last Fast Forward was episode 1.5, and he corrected me on that. I forget, yeah. I forget what the correction was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one. Uh, w- yeah, you said one point five, and it's one point one point five because yeah, if you're using <laughs> right. version numbers, it, if with the assumption that there's a season, right? So season one, episode one, and then there's episode one and a half. Right. Right. And we've only committed to doing one season, but that's yeah. that coding brain, right? As you make things extensible, you don't ever want to sort of paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So you do your numbering system as if there could be nine seasons, or I guess it can go up, right? It could be infinite sure. amount. Yeah. Sure. If we learn how to live forever. <laughs> of course, there aren't any more movies, so we'll eventually run out of things to talk about. That's true. I had some notes on the last episode I wanted to share. We talked about Soul Asylum having a lot of songs about trains. We did. And they only have two. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we said they had a lot of train songs I only found two Tied to the Tracks and Runaway Train were the only two I went through their entire catalog did you go through the lyrics though? no I didn't go I through think he mentions trains in at least once once a record so okay, next I'll trust you next fast forward you're going to have to do that research you're just going to have to crunch all of their lyrics <laughs> you can do that there's probably a way to do that yeah sure probably a way to do I also went through you know my claim that they didn't have they only had one complete album. I did go back through While You are Out, and I was right about that one. There's a lot of filler on that record. There's yeah, a bunch yeah. of, there's some of their best songs on that record, but there's a lot of filler on that one, too. Yeah, you're probably right. I used to think that uh, New Day Rising by Husker Du was a perfect album, but then I listened to it, and it was like, what are these three songs at the end? And I realized that I had a, I ran out of time on the cassette I had for it, so I cut off. I edited the album, so I always listen to my cassette version of it, and so my opinion of it, it's still a great album, but it was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. got too many songs on it. <laughs> I, I like, enraged some of my friends in high school because I, like, had made a, you know, I had Double Nickels on the, uh, Double Nickels on the Dime by Minutemen, the double uh-huh. record, and I made a, a cassette copy for one of my friends of that, and I left out, I think I left off the, covers you know the is it steely dan and yeah mr dr Wu. yeah i was like oh this is i just (laughs) left it off i was like i'm not going to put record this whole record and i just left that off and like about a year or two later they maybe i don't know longer than that like one of them bought it on cd when it finally came out you know like a couple years later 
and was like, Wait, there are these other songs. And it was like, <laughs> they realized it was this, they traced it back to this cassette. They both had, a few of them had copies of this cassette I'd made from one of my friends. And it was like, yeah, it was like I, I had, uh, you what do you cheated call them. I had, yeah, well, it was, it was, uh, you know, censored. that. Yeah, you it had was censored. Censored, oh. yeah. That's the word I was thinking of. And it was there like, was a, I decided a Van Halen song on there, right? I probably liked that one. I was um, like, I left that on. A Creedence Clearwater Revival song too, right? Yeah. That's yeah. live. But I just left off like one or two songs, and it was like they were mad. Yeah. But you gave them. it to them for free, right? So right. it's not like you were cheating <laughs> them out of... Yeah. Well, I, I thought the CD was missing. Isn't that one of the ones where the CD wasn't long enough to include the whole record, mm, so they had maybe. to exclude a song or two? Wow. That's possible. Yeah. I remember, yeah, one of those early CDs I had that were the first 80-minute CD or something. It was one of those indie rock CDs that was super long. They somehow managed to get everything on it. I can't remember which record that was. Let me see if I had any other notes here. Oh, I just had when Rick says, hmm, he's deciding whether or not I uh, what I said was dumb. And then when Rick says, interesting, he's decided that what I've said is dumb. So just, just a, a rubric for you listening to the show. That'll help you through it. I don't even know if the rubric's the right word. Hmm. That's because I'm not too Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Adam Buxton, and he has that, that thing where he, he does the announcer voice, and then he says, and I'm going to make strange noises while you tell us about this. And he does, does the, hmm, uh, hmm. And I realized <laughs> listening to that episode, I was like, oh, wow, I do that a lot. <laughs> I watched Half Wits, too. Oh. Which is, which is the SCTV oh yeah skit. But then I realized that when I watch old Saturday Night Live, like '70s Saturday Night Live, it's not funny. And then when I watch old SCTV, it's still hilarious. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how to figure that out. Yeah, it's like, well, Saturday Night Live is always of the moment, right? And SCTV was yeah more just. Funny they did stuff of weird, yeah, it, but it was so bizarre anyways. It was like they do stuff from the 50s or just things completely, it, yeah, it wasn't exactly current events. And it wasn't live, so it had to be funny. You know, it couldn't be pretend funny. Audience, oh, we're, we're you know, just like how, yeah, sitcoms where people are laughing at stupid stuff, right? There's something about live comedy that can, yeah. uh, you can, you can stretch it quite a bit and actually not be funny. Whereas if you're trying to get a bunch of, cameramen and where did they shoot like the early SCTV they talk about it's not even Toronto it's like where was it Edmonton Edmonton it's like if you can get three cameramen in Edmonton to laugh that's got to be a pretty pretty high bar you know (laughs) you're working really hard I've watched started watching Schitt's Creek and it's really good I love that show yeah I haven't seen the last season but it's it's great yeah just watching Catherine O'Hara and uh what's his name interact Eugene Levy Eugene Levy thank you yeah. and his son yeah and the son and and actually the daughter's in there too she's yeah Twyla's Twyla. waitress that works at the yeah at the diner. yeah yeah that's who I mean that's that's oh. a Levy yeah I think that's the the sister daughter it's nepotism yeah you know there's probably plenty of funny people in Hollywood I don't know why they have to hire their relatives well oh. it's Canada yeah, oh, that's right there's not a lot of people there here we Rick, go again. What have you watched since since the last time we were all together? Well, I've got a list. I watched Escape from Alcatraz the other day. 
regardless of the fact that you you know that I have a deep-seated hatred of Clint Eastwood. It's personal. Did we mention Escape from Alcatraz in, yeah, the Runaway Train episode? We, we did. Because, yeah. yeah. And Best so I watched Lord. that. Jerry Fielding did the music, and the music's really amazing in Escape from Alcatraz, and he was the one who did the music in The Gambler, too, The Gambler with James Caan. And so that, that, that was really exciting to see all that kind of come together. I watched The Pink Panther Strikes Again. So at some point I mentioned, was that the first episode where the the Pink Panther movie where they had a guy who looked like Gerald Ford? Yeah. Yes. And no, it, isn't that the one that's an upcoming episode, right? Where we it might be. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Oh, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I should wait to talk about that. But I, I did... <laughs> I, Pink Panther Strikes Again, I... I don't know. I have to watch the other ones, but this is the one. I, I can't believe it has so much stuff in it where it's got the, the parallel bars thing. It's got him floating. It's got him doing the, uh, the dental thing, nitrous oxide and his nose melting. And then I'm trying to think of what else, like Dreyfus falling in the water and getting shot in the head with an arrow, like a suction cup arrow and going insane. It's, it's, I thought it, all those scenes were from different Pink Panther movies, but it's all the same movie. So that was great. I've never, I've never seen a Pink Panther movie. Oh, well, definitely. How many are there? There were too many. Yeah. Oh, there There's, were a lot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's a couple, two or three good ones and two or three bad ones, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched a great movie, which I'd never seen before. And again, maybe I should save this. Uh, Fistful of Dynamite with James Coburn, which is a, a Sergio Leone movie. Um, but it's also known as Duck You Sucker. All right. And wow. it's got, I can't, there's a scene in it, slow motion, uh, three people driving in a car in the early 1900s, you know, an old car and the sun kind of coming through the leaves and they, they their faces light up in different times. And... Um, I can't believe Quentin Tarantino hasn't stolen this scene for one of his movies, or someone else hasn't stolen it. It was like so visually arresting hmm. uh, that I'm I'm gonna have to watch it again. Um, and it's it's a little later, Sergio Leone, so it's before Once Upon a Time in America. And I don't even know if it's dubbed. It must be dubbed, but it's it's got uh, Rod Steiger is in it, so maybe it's just that they're two English-speaking actors, and so they're not dubbed maybe, hmm. but it's, it feels a little more, uh, less weird than the earlier Sergio Leone movies, and it's got the great music. It's, it was, it, but uh, James Coburn plays a guy who blows things up. I'll have to watch it. It's called yeah. Fistful of Dynamite? Fistful of Dynamite or Duck You Sucker. It was supposed to be called Duck You Sucker, but um, the, it was re-released in America as Fistful of Dynaf Dynamite to capitalize on fistful of dollars because it was not successful the 16 year old came downstairs with a dvd and said what's this movie can we watch this and it was heat i watched so, heat last time but what yeah what were your thoughts on heat it's a long movie man it's really and, long and it was really it was fun to watch it but it was another thing where it's like i'm like oh yeah this is a great movie you need to watch it and then it's like wow it's it's basically a sandwich of three set pieces right and then you have two hours you know sort of in between each one <laughs> right or something natalie it's, portman slitting her wrists yeah and, all that that crazy stuff yeah all the family stuff but it i'd totally forgotten it's on the level of um john voight 
uh, Al Pacino is on the level of John Voight in Runaway Train. Al Pacino is so Al Pacino in that movie. <laughs> the way he goes from zero to 90 in one sentence. And he's, yeah, he's just acting up a storm. Den of Thieves is, is sort of a remake of Heat. Um, it's not, but it, it might as well be. And it's, it's awesome. Like if you're just going in for the macho action set pieces, it's a really great film. There's not, it's, it's vapid and it borrows liberally from like every macho action film, but it's really well put together. It's a nice, fun film. Oh, I have a note about Bud Court, but I think I talk about Bud Court in the third episode, this upcoming episode. But Bud Court is in Heat. Bud Court from Harold and Maude. Uh-huh. He's he runs the diner that the Allstate guy. What's his name? Who played the president on Twenty Four? Um, oh yeah, th- that actor. He he's the guy that gets recruited, like right right before the heist. Like they're in the diner, and and Robert De Niro recognizes him. Uh, Danny Trejo from Runaway Train, right? Uh, from that's as right. as we all know, Danny Trejo from Runaway Train. That's how he's always credited, right? When you you <laughs> talk to someone, um, you know, uh, says he can't, he can't, he's got a tail and can't meet up and can't do the heist, and so they recruit Dennis Haysbert, right? That's his name, and Bud Court is his awful boss, who you only see like a little bit, and then he gets thrown on the floor, but. Um, He's kind of he's chubby now, right? Yeah, he, he was he he's chubby and bald. Yeah, yeah. So in in right, um, the Life Aquatic, right? He he kind of looks yeah. like that. Is kind of like bald yeah. and has a mustache and yeah. yeah. What else do I watch? Quick Change. Yes. The uh, um, seen Bill it. Murray movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, it good? it's been a long I, time since yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It is amazing with Gina Davis mm-hmm. and uh, Randy Quaid <laughs> and Jason Robards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna force my kids to watch it. It's uh, so amazing. What, what did they like, call like it? Groundhog it, Day or something? It's before that, but it's like yeah. it's a weird, quirky movie that yeah. was, is really funny and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's what? What do they call it? They called it Dog Day Afternoon meets After Hours, and that's exactly what it is. And it's mm-hmm. oh, Tony Shalhoub. I think that was the first time I ever saw Tony Shalhoub, yeah. and and my younger son came in and was watching it. It was just like. That poor guy. I feel so sorry for him. It's like Tony Shalhoub is amazing as a as an immigrant taxi driver who's obviously been horribly beaten. You know, he's come from a country where he's been tortured, and then all of a sudden he's dropped into this crazy, insane situation, and and he's so so scared and clueless. He's and but in such a beautiful way. It's an amazing movie. I'm going to watch it again tonight. I think I'm going to force my family to watch it. It's so good. And yeah, and so I think it was like Bill Murray and the guy, like, have you ever seen The Man Who Knew Too Little? I think it's the yes. same. He he wrote that movie. It's the same writer. I watched the TV show Upload. I kind of like that. I, I have some more stuff, but it, nothing that's interesting. <laughs> I, I think I'm warming up to Midsummer. Um I do think the horror elements of it don't work, but um, the whole thing about it being about a breakup is is pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, Very so for impactful. me, I don't like horror movies. This is more it's it's more more psychological, right? I I I, I have no interest in actual horror, and so for me, yeah, the more psychological kind of terrifying or normal, like it's it's kind of like otherworldly and terrifying, but it's also 
seems plausible. Yeah, like Wicker Man. Yeah. Jim, like what did you watch? Man. Exactly. What, what did What did you watch? <laughs> Let's see. I, I really, yeah, I couldn't think of anything I watched. I, I, I realized after doing this, starting this this podcast, it's like the only movies I've seen are the ones I brought up to do for this <laughs> these four movies I picked for this podcast. No, but I I did I, I, I have been listening to a really great podcast, another podcast by uh this uh Irish comedian called David O'Doherty and it's called Isolating with David O'Doherty and it's just him he's on an island this kind of semi-remote island in Ireland and he just does a daily podcast, but it's very entertaining. It's a bit local hero and uh, Father Ted, just because he's Irish and it's, you know, which isn't fair just because he's Irish, but it is kind of a remote, semi-remote island, but it's true. It's, he's, he's like taking care, it's like his, he's on this island with his 80 plus year old parents he's kind of taking care of their fam they have a family cottage on this remote island and he just they just decided to stay on this island for the course of the pandemic and wow so it's not that remote you know it, it's kind of remote but it it looks very idyllic it's like <laughs> you know it's rough very wild you know when you say it was unfair to call Father Ted Irish, are you implying that there are priests named Ted that aren't Irish? No, 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 no. I mean, unfair to just compare it to Father Ted, just because. Oh, oh, just I, you're comparing. Oh, it's I'm an sorry. oversimplification of it. Yeah, it's not. Father it's Ted has an Irish accent, and he's funny. <laughs> and this guy's funny and has an Irish <laughs> accent. So therefore, you know. I think I think other people have made like when. He said he was doing this podcast, or I seem to remember hearing a reference to it. It was like an immediate reference to Father Ted, because it's like, oh, remote Irish island, you know, being stuck on an island in Ireland, and it's like, but it is kind of, it, he, he's, but but it's true, it's true. It's just his personal podcast. He's doing little half-hour things daily, and in his car, is, he just goes out to his car, and, you know, they're basically, it's their family vacation cottage on this island you know so let's i'll just go stay here with my parents and uh do a podcast yeah. yeah and so and he's like well i should start doing this you know i'm gonna be stuck here so i was able to find it through what is it called captains or something oh, it's yeah. like second, some kind of second network. captains yeah it's yeah it's weird it's like a irish sports podcast network it's like i think they mostly have podcasts about football and irish sports and but they have his his podcast is on there too see that's the thing you have to subscribe to get all the episodes which i'm not going to do because most of the <laughs> his is the only podcast i was interested in and it's like uh but he still he, he does like two two or three a week that are free so but he really he does it every day, which is pretty amazing. But it's just they're short. It's just his little you know half twenty minutes, half hour, just him talking. But but I guess why I like it too is because he's he's a little bit younger than me, but he he's roughly the same age. And he he he's I liked cycling when I was a teenager, and he did too. Obviously, he was like my hero. Cycling beginning like when I got into cycling was you know Greg Lamond. And his arch nemesis kind of rival was Stephen Roach, who's the Irish 
writer and David O'Doherty's hero is Stephen Roach. He, there's lots of Stephen Roach references and he was into cycling. David O'Doherty was obviously into cycling as a kid too. So I identify with that. And But he's, he's a really funny comedian. I can tie it into a movie because it reminds me of uh, uh, Slaying the Badger, which is a great documentary that I saw a couple years ago, which is about Greg LeMond and in the late 80s winning the Tour de France and his rivalry with this other writer in that same period with Stephen Roach is uh, Bernard Hinault, who was, but that's a great documentary. If you, if you <laughs> it was one of those ESPN 30, whatever, 30 for 30 documentaries a few years ago, Slaying the Badger. We've been watching that Michael Jordan and the Bulls documentary. I know this probably brings back a lot of memories mm-hmm. for you guys, mm-hmm. right? Huddled around the TV. <laughs> Watching the Bulls games. I do remember sometimes we'd play a show and no one would show up and it was because of some basketball thing. <laughs> yeah, why? Is, I, I should... Something's going on, right? I, I Just in the past couple of weeks, there's been all these Michael Jordan <laughs> things going on. Is is it some kind of anniversary? Have I totally it's, missed... It's this documentary. Something. It's the documentary, I think. <laughs> Is, it is why, yeah. Is I think it's just because of this documentary, and it's the only thing on TV for <laughs> sports people, right? It's like if you like sports, it's the only thing that's been on TV. You say that right? so derogatorily, yeah, yeah, sports people. My <laughs> daughter and I are having a tremendous time watching it. I will say mm-hmm. I was not a sports guy mm-hmm. as a young kid. I uh, used to get the crap beat out of me uh, because I was not an athletic child, um, and I was a terrible athlete. I think we've talked about how... I introduced to Rick the concept of just not going to gym during swim, the swim unit. And Rick was like, I didn't know you could just I don't understand. Yeah. The way I I got out of PE for half a year was I had a broken collarbone. Two guys, (laughs) while playing flag football, crashed into me on either side and, and cracked my collarbone. So... I got out of PE, but I it was because of PE that I had a broken collarbone. I, I broke football. a <laughs> I broke a pinky once on a Nerf ball. That's how uh, because I I'm I'm allergic to milk or I, I I can't digest milk well, so my bones were really fragile. <laughs> and in addition to being like <laughs> six feet tall and less than a hundred pounds, I was just like the most brittle piece of. Nothing, and so a Nerf football came at my hand too hard. I'm sure some sporty guy whipped it at me, and it hit my pinky and broke it. And they were like, it can't be broken. It's a Nerf football. Lo and behold, it was like a clean break. So sports were not in the cards for me. But for some reason, I did like the Bulls, and then now I'm addicted to football. There's a weird reason. Anyway. Yeah, so the Bullies won. The bullies won, yeah. They well, actually, I they, they changed you. I made a commitment. You didn't hold be- fast to who you were, right? Well, there was a point in time in my life where I decided that I wanted to become normal, and I thought that by becoming a voracious consumer of sports was actually going to make me a normal person. <laughs> and then my friend Matt pulled me aside and he goes, "You realize that the way you enjoy sports is abnormal." Right, and that it makes you look weird <laughs> the way how much you love sports. I was like, no, man, this is what's making me normal. Let's start talking about badminton tournaments right now. <laughs> anyway, but I did, I do now love bowling, which, you know, Rick, you said you're a fan of bowling. 
I, yeah, I used to no. bowl quite a lot. I have not been bowling lately. I we went bowling uh, a while ago with my family, and I took out my bowling shoes, and I fell on the bowling alley twice when I was trying, and I couldn't tell if it was because the alley was in such bad disrepair, or if my shoes were bad, they're, or I just don't know how to bowl anymore. They're just old. They're probably old. You know, yeah. like the rubber gets. Well, actually, riddle. yeah, and then. Towards the end, the, the the whole sole of the shoe fell off, so that's probably <laughs> what happened. But I I kind of felt like I was going to hurt myself bowling. Well, you can't walk out on the alley. No, no, no. I mean, like the, the <laughs> what is it called? The uh, run-up or whatever they call it. Because um, the alleys, they're oiled. There's a lot of oil on those right. alleys. <laughs> but, if, but, but if they put you on the lane where the kids go, right, it's not going to be a nice, um, you know, it's going to be full of garbage and everything in your feet won't slide you still have to have divots. the approach I think the bowling yeah. bowling terminology is divots right? yeah. <laughs> yeah the approach has to be i just remember there was there was a period in my life i don't know 10 or 15 years ago where i was bowling a huge amount and then our father um came to visit once and and i went out with the guys i bowled with and our dad um wound up have having not bowled for 15 or 20 years wound up bowling better than all of us. It was humiliating. It was like I'd been I had been bowling, you know, once a week or twice a week. I wasn't good, but it was like I had been bowling twice a week for a year or two. It's cuz he then, started bowling in the 50s. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah. it was in in the water. There's something yeah. in the water in the 50s. Anybody exactly. who started bowling in the 50s. <laughs> Amazing. Did he get in your face? No. <laughs> no, no. Did he throw a bowling ball at Just your pinky and break it? <laughs> <laughs> My kid will never beat me at bowling. I know that. That's <laughs> I won't. I won't let that happen. Yeah, it's a personal commitment. That's a commitment <laughs> I've made to my son. That he'll never beat me. At Although he can. That's like that's that's like the uh, the the great Santini. Right. Speaking of movies, the scene in the yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah, the basketball. Yeah. He's out have there. You, have you, so you haven't seen that? Oh, no, I'm right now. Have you seen that? Oh, Ooh, man. Yeah. That's Robert, full Robert Duvall. That's yeah. probably Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. Getting his, he's getting his ass whipped by his son. You know, that's yeah. the whole premise of that, the middle and of that movie. He gets, the son is the guy from uh, <laughs> Caddyshack, the kid yeah. from Caddyshack. <laughs> Michael, I can't remember his name. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. there's that sort of moment. Blythe Danner is the mom, right? Blythe Danner is oh, the right. mom. Yeah. Right. Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow's mom. There's yeah. a um, there's that moment when a son beats his dad at something, right? That's sort of a turning point in any mm-hmm. young boy's life. And like, I think now the modern equivalent of that in my household is my son's way better at video games than I am. Yeah. Like, there's just a day where he just like he can his comprehension of how games work. Just I'll never get there. He just immediately <laughs> can dominate a game. And I'm like still I trying to figure out where the trigger button is. <laughs> you put in the time, I bet you could do it. You Maybe just gotta really dedicate yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the other thing I've been watching was like the uh 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 comedians. I, well, it's a weird thing now. It's like, you know, Twitch, you know, of course, speaking of video games and people playing you know, it's the most ridiculous thing watching people play video games and it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. But then there's like this other comedian I like, you know, Scottish comedian called I got the Irish comedian. Now we're talking about the Scottish comedian. The What's, is there a difference? <laughs> uh, sorry. 
Yeah, it, uh, Lemmy, Lemmy is uh, the Scottish comedian. He's on Twitch, and he's like a weird. He, I think he's been obsessed with video games his whole life. But he's a he's a comedian. Had a TV show. It's great, kind of bizarre, uh, surreal comedy show. But now he's just he's just on Twitch playing video games and. He's pretty entertaining, but you know I can only watch so much. But he's he's on for hours. It's it's, <laughs> it's pretty it's entertaining. But then after a while, you just have to turn it off. You know, it's like okay, this, I'm not gonna <laughs> waste any more time. But what one of the, one is one of his things was he's you know he he's playing a truck simulator. So he's just like driving around Europe and just talking and like and he's got all these, this really nice setup. You know, with the cameras, but <laughs> you can only take so much of it. And then yeah, he's. And for you, Jim, that's like forty hours. Is that? <laughs> I did What's not your know. limit? It was. It was just a few. Yeah, I watched. I watched some of the kind of longer bits, you know, and then I was like, no, okay, that's enough. But he's very funny. That reminds well, me, I watched Convoy. That was another uh, movie I watched. Oh yeah. But I kind of half watched it. Yeah. It's is that a good movie? Peckinpah, right? Yeah. Peckinpah, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's the movie. worst Peckinpah movie, right? <laughs> No, Osterman Weekend is the worst, (laughs) but Convoy is the second worst. (laughs) All right. Nobody dies. Oh, they almost do, though. Yeah, there's that whole scene with the truck going over the bridge, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. So there is kind of a a Peckinpah moment with slow motion and uh, Chris Christopherson going off the the bridge in in his big rig. Yeah, the the action scenes were few and far between when he got into some of those <laughs> later films. Although Osterman Weekend is full of death and killing, that I, I remember all those films are just ridiculous. The, the latter part of Peckinpah's career, I mean, I think he's just so high on cocaine and drunk that I don't know. I don't want to judge just the guy. I don't know. That's all picking up the paycheck. Yeah, it's a paycheck movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's my viewing list. Eat Man 4, I would say, uh, should be found. Extraction should be lost. Beastie is, Boys. Is Extraction, is that the movie about the dentist? No. It's, it's about a special forces soldier who is now a mercenary and goes and finds mm. a little girl. I don't know. Something like that. One okay. of the you know, same old plots. I watched Beastie Boys' story. I would say that should be rewound. That was fantastic. Oh. That my younger son wants to watch that is, for some reason, really into the Beastie Boys, even though he's, what, 40 or 50 years younger than them. <laughs> yeah, you should. It, I cried through the whole thing. I mean, the, wow. the whole film is just about young, stupid guys who, you know, start a band and then kind of work their way through the process of being in a band up through adulthood. And then one of them dies, you know, and like. It's it's really sad. I mean, it's amazing, and it's it's shows the progression of like it going from idiocy to artistry, which I enjoyed, but uh, I didn't like the end. I don't like how it ended. Yeah, up. yeah, the ending's but not good. It's yeah, so it struck a little too close to home. Then I watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians, um, <laughs> which was amazing. Have you guys seen Crazy Rich Asians? No. So Crazy Rich Asians is allegedly a rom com. It's not. It's a beautifully shot, wonderfully scripted film about, or I'm assuming, Asian culture and Asian families, which is how I would describe The Godfather. It's a beautifully shot, wonderfully scripted film about, for the good and the bad, it reminded me of my family, and that the 
the gangster shit was all just to keep it kind of humming along, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I think it's not a condemnation of Italians. Well, I mean, it's a, it actually in some ways is a condemnation of Italians, but not Italians because we're all gangsters, but because we're all very difficult to deal with in the family unit. So anyway, that's that was that was my big revelation when I watched Crazy Rich Asians. Wow. Um, okay. Interesting. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a couple homes and then an interesting at the end, so we know how Rick settled that that uh, internal debate. I haven't seen it. No, I'll I'll, ch- I'll check it out. Oh, it's great. Crazy Rich Asians you should watch. Um, yeah, I haven't heard about that movie. I mean, it, it wasn't that popular, right? It's not like everybody <laughs> else in the world has seen it. Right. Well, if everybody else has seen it, you don't need to, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. What's the point? Right. Um, actually, I watched it as a double feature, and I cried through both films, pretty much all the way through Beastie Boys Story and then Crazy Rich Asians. Good double feature. And you haven't seen either, Rick, so there's your... Yeah, that's my, my evening. That was a Sunday. Out. Yeah, that was a Sunday. Um, I watched The Wicker Man, the, uh, the Neil LeBute. Oh, yeah. How'd you feel about it? Um, it was bad. I, I, you had said it was, well, it was pretty well shot, but I did feel like there was something cheap about it all the way through Mm -hmm. the film. And then I kind of, I didn't see it. I mean, yes, Neil Butte will go for the misogyny, but I also felt like he was trying to make them more like a hive where the Uh, queen bee sort of makes the calls and then the drones are these sort of voiceless men who take orders so i kind of felt like it could be seen as him making these women out to be um evil or he's just trying to make them an analogy for a hive which is what they had like all those bees and stuff yeah i like that that see that might change in the same way the midsummer kind of interpretation that yeah boy does that mean i'm gonna have to watch the wicker man remake again Ugh. I, I, I played, I actually took out of context, that something happened, oh, the, like, you know, because it was warm for a couple of days before he plunged into the polar vortex again. Um, there were bees, and, and I had to show my kids the scene where he yells, not the bees, why the bees, or whatever he yells. That's so <sighs> yeah, hilarious. So don't watch it again. It is bad. Okay. You were right. Um, and those scenes are awful. Like, I don't like watching him get stung by bees. And he does mm-hmm. haul off and beat up several women in the film, so there's it's not defensible at all from a, from a feminist standpoint. But I did think that... I think the men not speaking was just them being more of a hive, and those guys were the drones. That was the only, the only insightful thing, I think, a part of the film. Yeah, no, that's... It's, I, I said interesting, but I, I actually mean that this time. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We watched Hard Boiled and The Killer, John Woo, Hong Kong action films. You've seen those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which one has the doves? Well, come on now. (laughs) Uh, So those would be Rewound, both of those, I would say. Wicker Man, I would say Lost. The Raid Redemption, uh, Rewound every time. I love that movie. What is that? It's a fantastic martial arts film and the raid redemption and then the sequel to it uh remind me a lot of the godfather films like particularly okay. the sequel reminds me a lot of godfather 2 
And then the last film I watched was The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. I haven't watched that. Oh, I watched that a while ago. Yeah. (laughs) Is that That Odin? Odin. (laughs) Odin, yeah. (laughs) I just remember. I just remember Rick always saying that. Rick Rick loves that Odin (laughs) part. Odin. (laughs) Odin. But nobody chanted it, right? It was like he was trying to get it going and nobody would chant. (laughs) It depressed the hell out of me, that film. That was... That was There's a hard a lot, watch. Yeah, the thing with the guy from Wasp and reading, I read some stuff about that, about how it kind of ruined his life. Not that he was, but yeah, like making him seem even more like an alcoholic than he was. And then also, I, I know that she faked the whole the whole thing with uh, Ozzy preparing the breakfast, the shots of the hands, that's all fake. Those are oh, yeah. those are joke cutaways. He He wasn't, you know spilling his orange juice and everything like that. Uh-huh. I believe that was faked. Oh, really? <laughs> For laughs. Yeah. So what you're saying is to... Ozzy knows how to make breakfast. She? <laughs> I'm saying that that Penelope Spheris did a little Werner Herzog. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little more strict about my documentary. I understand and I I I'm a student of documentary film and have I took a number of classes on them and know how documentary has evolved over the years, but I do I don't feel like I'm I'm being a fuddy duddy when when you have documentaries and, and people like Werner Herzog, you know, make up stuff because it's closer to the truth than the actual truth, right? So I think I think Penelope Sphere is, is was guilty of a little of that too. Rick, what's the next film? The next film is What's Up, Doc, a 1972 Peter Bogdanovich film that I love. Which we, we watched, how long ago? We watched this, what was it, how many, nine months ago? I don't know. I'm suspicious because, you know, I think someone has been monitoring us, our recordings, because this past weekend, did you see, it was like, I think, like Maholia Dargis and A.O. Scott, or the... New York Times, like, I don't know, it was this weekend, they were like, it was like, hey, everybody, let's watch What's Up, Doc. Really? Did you see that? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, really? No. <laughs> I, Man. I forgot. I was going to bring it up before we started talking, but oh, I, you I'm didn't see that. Fallen. How dare they? So I'm very suspicious. I think we've been... Yeah. We, How would they know? Someone's, what, what, someone's been monitoring us. Well, I think it's good. Then you know it, we're current. I guess mm-hmm. that's not the point of this podcast. It's not to be current. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm Rick, Rick is Rick is very annoyed. I can tell. Very annoyed. <laughs> There's a very famous band who had a hit song, and we had we had a line in our, one of oh, our yeah. songs. Yeah, I thought about that got, too. Right when got I delayed, our record got delayed. <laughs> we were on the same record label too. This is where the conspiracy theory comes in. <laughs> And it's like our record got delayed, and then then this this hit song comes out, and and I'm like, are we gonna have to freaking re-record our song because we're gonna look like copycats? <laughs> Still makes this, me angry. This band doesn't have anything to do with um, vegetables. They're, they don't have vegetables in their name. No. <laughs> what was the line? Can you share it? Did what did no, you do? No, did it you? would be obvious. No, we've moved, we've moved on from that. We've moved on. I, you can tell because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not reliving something that happened 25. Was that 25 years ago? I nearly jumped off oh, yeah. a bridge. 
was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Lost and Found and Rewound is fully funded by Lost and Found and Rewound Foundation Funds. Lost and Found and Rewound does not use crowdfunding because our listeners have better things to do with their funding. There's no need to post reviews of Lost and Found and Rewound because our listeners have more valuable things to do with their time. In all sincerity, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate it.